Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, the Herd Nerds, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week, so keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast brought to you by 304carwreck.com. Follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod and like us on Facebook. Um, subscribe to the show and your favorite podcasting network outlet, whatever you want to call it, uh, specifically Spotify, iHeart, um, Google Podcasts. And what's the other one? Oh, yeah, Amazon Music. We're still trying to get Apple to play nice with us, but for some reason, they're just slow rolling us, and I'm not really appreciative of that. So, Hopefully, uh, by the time this uh, this hits the thing, yeah. we'll be on there. Kind of bummed about that. Yeah. But anyway, um, but anyway we'd appreciate just if you'd subscribe to the show, leave us a rating and a review. Also, please share the content uh, with all of your fellow herd fans, because like I said, in that re that teaser video, we want to, we want all of you along with us for the ride because we want to be the single most interactive sports, martial sports podcast on social media. And so far, I think Russ, we've been living up to the billing. Um, we've got a busy week in herd athletics. Before we get into that, here's a quick word from 304carrec.com. If you've been injured in a car wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. What happens when an Ohio driver crashes into a West Virginia driver in Kentucky? That can be a mess. But if you can dream it up, Jason and Matt have probably been there, done that, and gotten their clients paid. Don't fight the insurance companies alone. Contact Jason and Matt at 304carwreck.com. Russ, let's get going with this. Busy, busy week in herd athletics. A lot went on. So before, mm-hmm. uh, to get us started, give me five things that every herd fan needs to know this week. All right. Number one, the offer to uh, the transfer Williams from Glenville State for men's basketball. That offer has been pulled. Uh, the main target right now in the portal is for a point guard. What do you got about that? So so what's this a case of? I mean, I mean you know, the, the offer is not that old. Right. So, no, it's not. It's a few weeks. Um, but uh, I think if he would have taken it right away, we would have gotten him moved on. But now, where he hasn't said anything, it's kind of put us in a position where we need to go after some people before we lose everyone. Okay. Yeah. It kind of feels like if that's the scenario, it's like, all right, look, man, you've had a little while to think about this. Uh, crap or get off the pot, you know, because yeah. we don't want to miss out. If you're not as serious about us as we are about you, then we need to move on. Yeah. So um, there's some, there's some other things that's going on with men's basketball that are positive that we're going to talk about later. Um, but if that those happenings have nothing to do with this offer one way or the other, and it's just a case of, dude, we need an answer, then, mm-hmm. okay, these things happen. You know, offers have an expiration date. They're not there forever. Sure. So yep. he didn't make the move. Um, a lot of people I know were excited about the guy because he has some big numbers up there at Glenville yeah. State. So hit a lot of threes, uh, shot a lot of threes, point guard, handle the rock, kind of what we were looking for. Yeah. But uh, I think the two targets that we're going after right now, uh, one from VMI, one from FIU, who we're very familiar with, Brewer, uh, both of those I think would be immediate impacts here if we can grab one. Yeah. Uh, so if there's other talented players out there that are interested in Marshall, 
then you got to do what you got to do. You know, you can't, you can't, uh, you know, trip over a dollar to save a dime, so to speak. So bummer for Mr. Williams would have been cool if he'd have made the quick decision, maybe had him in Kelly green for a little bit, maybe light it up. We've had some success in the past with the Glenville state transfers and, Mm -hmm. uh, but Hey, it is what it is. What's what else you got for me? What's uh, a thing number two, (laughs) number two is we named a provost and um, I'm hoping I'm saying this right because I've only seen it in print. I've never heard his name audibly mentioned, but um, Avinandan Mukherjee, and he was the interim provost here uh, filling the position at Marshall. Uh, highly qualified. A lot of people raved about what he did and the ideas he had. So glad to have somebody that was already in the fold. So that means, in my opinion, hit the ground running. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We told you in the previous episode that they were getting close. All the finalists had been named, and we would probably have a decision made on that front in relatively short order. And here we are roughly a week later, maybe a little less than a week later, and we've got uh, we've got a decision made. I'm too, I'm with you, man. I like the internal hire. You know, the dude yeah. knows how things roll in Huntington and, and, and at mm-hmm. Marshall. Um, if Brad Smith likes the guy, hey, he's got to be a winner. You know, he, he had an impressive resume. I mean, that's why he became the interim, you know, yeah. so uh, and then not not sliding the other four because they were all very good choices. But uh, his kind of stood out to me when I was uh, reading up on him. Cool. I mean, I like it. So uh, yeah. what else we got? We got a we you got a um, you've got a, a piggyback off of that one, right? Yeah. Uh, so. Number three is uh, ground has been broken. Not a lot of it, but it has um, on Fourth Avenue. If you're driving down by there around uh, 14th Street, you'll see the College of Business has uh, officially broken ground. They've got a couple of excavators up there doing a little groundwork and everything, site prep, but uh, should be seeing some things going up over the summer. I would say you'll actually see some structure going up. Got to love it. Got to love it. Yep. Got to love new buildings. Got to love Marshall expansion. Yeah. Awesome stuff. To me, we were just discussing this. Uh, My wife and I, when we drove by it the other day, uh, that kind of frees up a lot of room in Corbley where the college business was, you know, maybe something else goes in there. Uh, It's just great to see expansion and new buildings and all that. So yeah, I like that Marshall starting to be creative and not that business is something creative, right. But I Mm -hmm. like like the, the, the um, pharmacy out on the the creativity of the programs. They're like the aviation program. They, you know, they're ranked near the top who, who, when you think of Marshall university, does it, it boggles my mind every time that this university is in the tops in the country when it comes to like crime scene investigation and, and yeah. forensics. That's so crazy to me, but it's yeah. so awesome. So, yeah. you know, things like that, that's not your standard fare. And like you're mm-hmm. saying, it frees up the uh, Corbley hall, maybe to have something else go in there or them yeah. pay a little bit more attention, make a deeper investment in an existing successful program, but needs a little bit Give of extra more nuts. space. Yeah, yeah. 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 So new buildings, uh, some modernization. I love it. I love it. What yeah. else we got? All right, number four, uh, Columbia from Texas Tech. We talked about a lot in our first episode. He is actually in Huntington with the team, but the reason that he's not on the roster and not eligible to practice is because he's still taking classes enrolled at Texas Tech. Obviously, if he's here in Huntington, they're online, but he being enrolled down there, that's why he cannot practice right now. So I think it's kind of clutch way in, but he is here with the team. 
No, it ain't kind of clutch. It is clutch because this sure. is yeah. this is team chemistry building type stuff. It's not like mm-hmm. you're going to walk in and be the 100% new guy at the end of spring ball and everybody's had all this team bonding and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, he might not be able to practice. He might not be able to do like organized team activities type stuff, but mm-hmm. he's in there. You know, he's 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 around the guys. He's building the relationships. He's talking. He's seeing the offense being run. He's probably got himself a playbook that he's allowed to study type of deal. So having him in Huntington's big deal. I mean, yeah, I would rather you be taking online classes in Huntington for Lubbock than be trying to do online practice in Lubbock for Huntington. This is a way better scenario for us right now. Yeah. Yeah. Next on the list. Number five. uh, This just happened this weekend. Abby Herring with uh, women's track. She, uh, took two full seconds off of her uh, already school record in the 1500 meters uh, track meet. And it's uh, right at four and a half minutes, 1500 meters. Pretty impressive. Anytime you've got a, a record, I mean, something like that. I mean, you know, she can run right past both of us, you know, yeah. uh, leave us sitting, but uh, anytime you're talking school record, you know, I think it's pretty significant. And if you've ever watched any kind of track events, two seconds seems like an eternity, you know? So, I mean, she shaved quite a bit off in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I know we're not talking about the same level. We're not talking about Olympics here, but if you go into an Olympics and shatter something by two seconds, the the world goes, Whoa. So yes, if you own a school record and then you break your own record, um, that tells me you're kind of a big deal in that discipline, right? Because you're already, you were already the best there ever had been. Yeah. And now you're better than your former self. So yeah. uh, big ups, man. Congratulations to Abby. Keep on doing your thing, man. Shout out. Give, give, give the uh, women's track and field Twitter account a shout out for that one. Retweet that yeah. tweet. Show them some love. I mean, that's a big deal, guys. We got to, we got to rally behind all of these programs now. Um, we should have been doing it for years and years and years. I'm as guilty of it as most of us are, but um I've decided to make a personal commitment, Russ and I, and we're going to bring you all this kind of stuff because we want to approach the athletic department as a whole. So what's a retweet? What's, what's a like, I mean, that's a big deal. Show the, show those folks some love. Next time, find out when they're having a meet and go watch it. Yeah. You know, Uh, I also did on this front, on this point, I did a little conversion math, you know, uh, just looking it up on Google conversions, but 1500 meters is 0.93 miles. So you're talking about four and a half minutes, almost a mile. And, you know, before Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile mark, you know, that was thought of as unheard of. So yeah, highly impressive for a college athlete, in my opinion. Dude, I couldn't <laughs> begin to think of what my less than a mile running time would be. I mean, <laughs> I don't even want to venture down that rabbit hole. I mean, yeah. how many, how many, how many benches are there along the way for me to stretch out the old hammies for on a yeah. mile long run? It's, that is not my wheelhouse never has been and never will be. So man, big, that's awesome. A school record. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations yep. to her. Good stuff. So let's move into spring ball. That's really uh, what, what the meat and potatoes is of the episode. That's what's in full swing right now. Another week of spring practices, another uh, bunch of uh, quote unquote steps being taken forward. You like that? Mm-hmm. I, I like the uh, so, some of the things that Coach Huff said in, in the uh, practice recaps. 
really struck a chord with me. And it wasn't even stuff about like individual players. And I'm going to give you an example. This one was my favorite thing that I, I just enjoyed hearing. Someone had asked the question um, about, you know, do they do like players of the day or, you know, uh, whatever, practice player mm-hmm. of the day, whatever. And he's like, no, we really don't do that. Well, that's not about our, that's not the type of team we are and the type of team we want to be. He said, we are a show up, get off the bus, punch the clock and go to work type team. And I was like, that's what I like to hear. There it like is. A bunch of workers that it, it's, it's we over me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if that doesn't, if that doesn't echo the very mantra of Marshall, because we are yeah. Marshall, you know, it's not, I, I mean, I am individually, but we are, we are sons and daughters of Marshall. Um, I love that mentality. Show up, yeah. get off the bus, go to work and, uh, you know, go back, punch the clock. Awesome. Yeah. But, uh, he, you know, he mentioned some, uh, specific, um, position groups uh, that were taking a little bit of a leap. He mentioned some specific players. Um, so if you haven't been paying attention, it's, it's nice to hear some of the, uh, the trajectory we were going on. But again, remember, this is just spring ball. There's a big learning curve coming up. There's a lot of young, a lot of new that have playbooks in front of them that they need to be uh, eased into it. And it's all about repetition. And then you can uh, start to expand on that knowledge. It's just like, you, you know, you taking a class or me taking a class, you know, you're not going to take graduate level before you take, something, something 101, right? Yeah. So uh, he mentioned, uh, he kept using terms, the terms disruptive and violent when talking about the defensive line. And for me, that was a, um, that was a real eye opener, a real, a real perk up type adjective, because uh, that's the way I want my D line to be. I want them to be violent at the point of attack. I want them to own the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Um, I thought we had the potential to be really, really, really strong this year along the defensive line we were last year um we lost a you know a guy who i thought was going to be a pretty big contributor this year and it's actually going to go to a conference rival right jamari edwards leaves hits the portal Mm -hmm. and ends up at james madison and i thought when that happened dang that's a that's a fairly big loss but you know they made some moves uh Mm -hmm. they they got some guys in the portal and come in that are ready to play and you know we return guys uh, Tyquez Legs, the Kobe Cumberlanders of the world. I mean, these guys are known entities. They're 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 highly productive players. So we were by no means, you know, shaky really at that position. But I love using terms like violent and disruptive when talking about the defensive line. Yeah, that's uh, maybe you got two different uh, two different players there, and you give those those nicknames. One's violent, one's disruptive. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I hope to hell we have way more than two. I hope there's about eight of them that are violent and disruptive and they just can't wait to tag in and go wreak a little bit of havoc. I'm just Um, thinking that sounds like a stereotypical (laughs) 1980s uh, professional wrestling tag team, you know, (laughs) and here comes violent and disruptive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He mentioned the younger guys are starting. He's starting to see them uh, thinking less and, and that's a good thing, right? Cause when you think less, you're more, you play faster. So he, he was speaking to the, to the point of these guys are starting to get it more and their knowledge is starting to expand and they don't have to think about it as much. They can just react. They can just run the play. They can just be where they're supposed to be. And mm-hmm. that's what you want to see in spring ball. That's where guys start to separate themselves as far as who's getting it and who's not getting it. You mm-hmm. know, um, you can't Someone really. looks good on paper versus yes. actually being on the field. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you can't really start talking about things like a two deep or a three deep or anything like that until you start to figure out who the hell actually knows what. Yeah. Um, you know, all the speed in the world or all the strength in the world 
doesn't come into play if you don't have the speed and the uh, IQ to get where you're supposed to be. You'll yeah. never be there yeah. to utilize that speed or that strength. So how, how many times have we seen that stereotypical uh, middle linebacker that maybe the, the measurables didn't show up, you know, on, on paper scouting reports and has like 25 tackles a game because he is always on the ball. You hear commentators <laughs> say that he always finds the ball. Yeah. And uh, you know, that's the sort of thing that, stands out when you're in spring ball and, and practice and scrimmage and things like that game speed and knowledge. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about uh, the, the, this particular guy I'm going to bring a reference to is he, it's not that he, he was definitely not undersized. It mm-hmm. was definitely not that he, you know, none of that kind of stuff, but you think you talk about a guy that is always where he was supposed to be. And you mentioned the mm-hmm. linebacker and immediately, you know, a handful of, the, of them come into my head immediately. Uh-huh. When you talk about guys like, and always the number one guy that comes into my head whenever anybody says herd linebackers and starts talking about, this is a guy that's, you know, tackling machine. He was always where he was supposed to be. Yada, yada, yada. Number one on that list for me is always Chase Hancock. Mm-hmm. Always one of yeah. the best linebackers we've ever seen. He was an absolute tackling machine for yeah. multiple years. So um, you get guys like that. When you get guys like that, I mean, you just sit back for however long you have them and go, wow, how lucky are he, we to have a guy like this? He had that, but he also had the intel. Yeah, that's what I mean. He had the yeah, football yeah. IQ. I mean, he was just mm-hmm. also blessed with size and strength and stuff sure. as well. But yeah. I'm just talking about being where you're supposed to be and making plays. Right. You know, uh, that's always the guy that comes number one in my head is Chase Hancock. What, what a guy. Um Coach Huff also talking about quarterbacks. That's number one issue for us. Like every every herd fan is kind of on pins and needles right now. I'm sure you have a little bit of relief when you think, okay, we've got a transfer coming in that's played. But mm-hmm. <laughs> go look up and down that roster. There's a lot of quarterbacks, and every one of them says freshman or redshirt freshman. It's a little yeah. little daunting. But he mentioned the fact that they're progressing and in yeah. things like huddle command, which I told yeah. you was a big point of emphasis for me Huge. when you're talking about young guys. Mm-hmm. It's huddle command. Um, you know, are, are they meek behind center and, and aren't being as vocal as they need to be? He says, we, you know, we, there was a little bit of a turn there. You know, um, he was talking about Cam Fancher starting to trust his offensive line more. And as such, things like huddle command and, and cadence and volume start to naturally increase, right? It, it becomes more natural because the trust is there. Um, he was talking about things during the live play sessions, some athleticism that was shining through a little bit that you don't necessarily yeah. get in in drills, so to speak, because it's, you know, you run this play and you get a whistle. So you've yeah. got live play and some some plays happen. You're like, oh, okay, all right. I like what we got going there. So, you know, still a long way to go, but uh, the progression is there. Step-by-step step is there. Um, Let's talk real quick, very briefly, about yeah. why it's so important. Um, you know, we, you mentioned Columbia, uh, the transfer with experience coming in, but one, he's not guaranteed to have the, the job Two, if he is the guy that gets the job where one bad play or a, a training mishap or anything with an injury where somebody needs to step in. So it is paramount. These guys grow up quick, you know, because oh, yeah. we got a lot of young guys and, not a lot of snaps. So. Well, if you don't grow up now, you're going to find a, yourself in an, a formidable situation to where you're probably going to be forced to grow up. And do you want sure. to grow up on the fly in live fire? Probably not. 
-hmm. you probably like to have a little bit of a been there, done there moment, even if it's only in practice, because we filled some pretty good athletes. So you're going to be practicing against some, uh, some pretty good players. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he mentioned kind of who was, he mentioned Fancher as being your number one guy at this point, because mm -hmm. you know, there are guys that are not on the roster right now. You know, Columbia cannot practice with the herd right now. So of course he's the number one guy. Cause he's the only guy that had taken a snap to this point. So he had the most familiarity, but he's liking what he's seen surprisingly to me, or maybe unsurprisingly to some people, he said, probably number two to, to Fancher at this point. His redshirt freshman Cade Cunningham. He's six foot four guy, 169, six foot four, 169 pounds. Okay. Um, now, is that 169 on the roster or did, on the roster? Yeah. Okay. So we're hoping that he's already put on a little bit of weight. I hope here. So, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, six foot four, I mean, you know, I got a son that pushes six foot four and six foot five ish, and uh, he is closer to 200 pounds, and he still looks like a little bit of a, undersized yeah. Under, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i wasn't yeah. gonna say it but well, yeah i can you know you can get in trouble for that but i can't you know, so. um but he mentioned you know a thing we mentioned last week remember we were talking about um your biggest question marks was quarterback and one of the things we said is potentially you might be in a position where you have to make a a uh, decision about well this guy's a better quarterback but this guy has a better you know uh, control of the offense right now but you know mm -hmm. and he kind of mentioned that about uh Chase Harrison and Peter Zamora. He said both of them have immense talent. They're really good, talented quarterbacks. But their shortcoming right now is just a simple lack of repetition. You know, they, yeah. they need that learning uh, to come along. And as they learn more, they're going to be really good quarterbacks. So that was really refreshing for me to hear uh, is that you've got two guys that as just being a raw quarterback, a throw it quarterback and hit the receiver quarterback, it's there, you know. So that's great. You know, if you can hit an open receiver, that's what I want to hear. Now, if you if all you need is to study the playbook more, get more repetition and run the offense, they can make that happen. Well, let's let's take it back to I mean, you know, we weren't college athletes here at Marshall, but us coming from high school, such a young age for both yeah. of us, you know, uh, uh, turning either right before or the week after, you know, showing up for our first uh, week of classes, uh, turning 18. We've got athletes that are coming here like that. And then you want to dump like the learning, the college experience in a new town and all that stuff and classes and all that. And then, Hey, you're going to know this playbook. You're going to run this offense for these seasoned players. It's a daunting task for an incoming freshman, in yeah. my opinion, you know, it it's really, a lot. It really and, is. Yeah. And we, we just talked about the physicality of it. You know, they're coming in and most of the time they're going to be undersized. You know, I'm sorry if if uh, the kid was six foot four and two twenty, you know, maybe he's not at Marshall. You know what I'm saying? Like, because maybe he would have been somewhere else and, it, you know, size and he was just undersized that we got a, a, a good guy, a diamond in the rough, maybe. Yeah. I mean, they're out there, right? We, we've yeah. we've had him before. Chad Pennington. Some, some guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, they lucked. We lucked by all the stories you ever hear. You, they, Marshall and Bob Pruitt lucked into Byron Leftwich. They didn't even uh -huh. go there to recruit him. And they're like, yeah. you know, the story goes, the coach is like, hey, watch this guy. Look at my quarterback. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, uh, who's that guy? Well, Pru <laughs> well, Pruitt had some him. ties to that, uh, to that <laughs> yeah. D.C. area and everything. And Byron was kind of flying under the radar as a tight end prospect that people were looking at him and we wanted him as quarterback. I yeah. mean, 
thank goodness. Right. So those, <laughs> these stories happen and they've happened oh, yeah. here before. Yeah. So, um, but it was just good to hear that these guys have all the tools and it's kind of just a matter of um, more time in the offense, more repetition, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You're, you're right though. I can't imagine coming in as, I mean, think about the, how many friends did we have as when we came in as freshmen that just got flat out homesick that just yeah. wanted to go home all the time, you know? So that and that's just a regular student then you deal with that on top of all the football stuff and conditioning stuff and classes stuff and being away from home stuff and you know not it's like a whirlwind I mean it's a literal whirlwind I I I do not envy those guys while at the same time I do envy them because I kind of wish I had that type of talent QB is is the leader of the team marquee marquee position yeah um earlier on in the week it seems like as often in this time of year, the defense is usually ahead of the offense. That's yeah. just usually the way it goes, you know, and that was no different here, but Huff made a note to say that uh, he thinks that they're a little almost even now, which t- mm-hmm. that's, I want to hear that too. That means the offense is actually coming along that they're actually starting to get it more. They're starting to gel a little bit more. You know, the defense always feel like does have a leg up early because they're more um, you know, they just get to react. Um, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. if you're, and if you've got a lot of guys that are coming back, then, you know, they're, they're obviously going to be, um, have a leg up, but, to, but to hear everything's kind of coming closer, um, being even, that's really good. We, we've got a little bit of time left and then, you know, green and white games coming up, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, Huff made the point to say though, you don't want to bog these guys down so bad in spring ball that you leave them kind of like, I mean, I'm, I'm not, he didn't say this, this is me paraphrasing of course it's like you don't want to bog them down so bad that they that you kind of um crush their confidence going into the summer you want them to still leave spring ball with confidence so that they can attack the summer session with confidence having feeling good about what they did in the spring so they're not going to just overload all these guys with everything they're not going to throw every single thing at them and then just kind of see who rises out of the you know the the bombardment so yeah um uh, Huff knows what the hell he's doing. I'll tell you that. Uh, he's yeah. been around a lot of high-level programs, a lot of great coaches. I mean, you come from the coaching tree. Uh, you know, everybody's going to go back to Nick Saban, but, you know, sure. he's, he's the greatest for a reason. I mean, he knows mm-hmm. what, the, what the hell he's doing. So um, these guys have a very tactful approach. They're excellent teachers with these uh, with these athletes. So uh, year two in Huff and Huff and this staff ought to, be, ought to be really, really interesting. Let's talk about a few um, – you know, we talked about some quarterbacks. One guy that uh, I heard mentioned a couple times, which uh, you know, I'm not going to mention everybody that was uh, talked about in these in these post game interviews. But um, Jacoby Henderson is a guy that's coming in, uh, five foot ten DB slash safety type dude from Fort Mill, South Carolina. He talked about him making taking a real step, and if you remember you know, safety was one of my biggest concerns from last week. Mm-hmm. So I definitely perked up when I heard that because he said he likes how this guy's progressing. He has no uh, fear. He will guard the Corey Gamages of the world and the Talit Keatons of the world with, with, with no, um, God, what's the word I want to use? I don't know. He's, he's not afraid to line up across from those guys. You know what I'm saying? He's got oh, yeah. the confidence that he can cover dudes of that caliber. He says he, he, he attacks them the same way that he attacks receivers of his own age. So um, I hope that that translates, continues to translate into playing at a high level. 
uh, through the spring and then through the summer. And maybe he's a, can turn into an instant impact type guy in the fall. I mean, that's months and months away, but you know, like I said, since that was a point of emphasis for me, a question, a concern, a position need of concern, that's, that was cool to hear. So uh, look, Russ, let's close out this um, spring session, spring series session, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, um, with our top five, uh, top five potential instant impact players that came from either the portal or in the 2022 recruit, recruiting class, five to one. Um, okay. You want me to go first? Yeah, yeah. Well, you, and, yeah. Okay. Give me your five. I'll give you, or give me your number five. I'll give you my number five. And so, All right. so right off the bat, just like at poker, I cheated. Um, my number five has a tie. I'll, um, I'll cheat too. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, number five, same position, uh, both transfers. We talked several times about the defensive line. I've got Quentin Williams and Isaiah Gibson. Uh, both in there, uh, to me, bringing two big body guys uh, from bigger uh, competition that they faced and everything. I think that's that's great. We've talked about winning the game at the line of scrimmage. Uh, that's number five for me. Yeah, give me those names again because I want to. I know you said Quentin Williams. Who was the other one you said? Isaiah Gibson. Okay, I want to see if I can find the uh... bios. Okay, there it is. Uh, Isaiah Gibson, uh, redshirt sophomore from Springfield, Ohio. Oh, by way of UK. Okay, I yeah. got you. Six foot three, two, 302 pounder. And then uh, Quentin Williams. And I think he's the one that's coming from uh, Miami. Miami. Yeah, the U, not, uh, yeah. not the uh, little Cryami. Yeah. Um, Quentin Williams, six foot four, 320. Yeah. Uh, Williams and. Uh, Right alongside returning defensive lineman Tyquez legs to 6'3, 320. Woo, what a formidable defensive line. You talk about some run stoppers and uh, hole pluggers. That's definite instant impact material. Number five for me, safety. I keep going back to safety. You know, I, mm -hmm. I'm, I just can't right now get over <clears throat> the losses of uh, Nazi Johnson, Brandon Drayton. And I even forgot to mention Corey McCoy last year, who came in from McNeese State, which makes a great segue because my number five guy is Andre Sam, safety transfer coming in from McNeese State. Yeah, um, I looked at him. Yeah, he, he's a guy that I really I really like. I watched a little bit of the film. You know, when, when you go back to these guys, you're like, all right, well, let me see something. I like a little bit of the highlights there. And, you know, I'm, I would be lying to you if I said, hey, it worked once, it might work again. So McCoy yeah. was really good from McNeese State. I like the potential of Andre Sam to come in and be an instant impact guy with some uh, big hits, big turnover causing ability. And, uh, you know, definitely has the knack and the, uh, the moves to, if he gets his hands on the ball to get it all the way down the other way and get into the mm -hmm. end zone. So number five for me, Andre Sam safety transfer from McNeese state. Who's your number four. Number four for me, Brian Robinson, Florida state wide receiver. Uh, we talked about, uh, get out of my head <laughs> we talked about the wide receiver at least i did you know i had him in in the in the three and I, I talked about consistency and everything but you know if you've got an explosive guy on one side you want an explosive guy on the other you know i just i really think that we're going to see some good things i've got a feeling about it that we'll see some good things out of brian Robinson. Yeah, I'm going to repeat what I said, get out of my head, because that's number four for me as well. Brian Robinson, wide receiver, six foot one, 204 pounder from 
Florida State, a transfer from Florida State. Coming out in the class of 2019, he was a four-star prospect. So mm-hmm. you know he's got ability. Um, at, at six foot one, two hundred four, you would like to think it's not about stretching the outside, but more about the speed. I'm not saying he can't play outside. I'm just saying he's not six foot four, six foot five. You know, it's not your yeah. fade route type guy like Corey Gamage. But mm-hmm. I hope that he's a burner um, because if you know wide receiver was a, a, a position group question mark for you, but it wasn't for me. And then when you start talking about Brian Robinson and you start throwing in the guys like the Gamages and the Keatons and um, the Jaden Harrisons and the Shadita Meds, there's only so much on the field. And I'll tell you what, I made this point a lot on my previous podcast when we talked about the Hilltoppers offense. And it was a point every, just about every week that I would make was a key to victory to them was spreading the ball around. And that's just the way I'm starting to feel about this wide receiver group to where you look at it and you go, is their number five DB better than our number five wide receiver? And I bet you they're not. You Probably know what I mean? Not. So people are going to have to start cheating. And then, oh, by the way, you still have Devin Miller that's coming back as a tight end that's a real playmaker. Oh, and you can throw it to Rasheen Ali out of the backfield. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it start you start to see where depth becomes a real benefit. And if this guy's an instant impact player and you end up with a, you know, Gamage, Keaton, Gamage, Robinson, Ahmed, Robinson, Ahmed, Keaton type scenario to where no matter who's on the field, you don't lose anything. Right. Um, I think that's a big deal. Excellent pick. Number four, I just talked about. So we can go straight to number three. <laughs> number three for you. <laughs> number three for me, Trent Holler. Uh, we talked about uh, offensive line was a, a question mark for you uh, because of all the losses and everything. Yeah what better way to do it than to go get you a big boy that can block. And uh, I think we got him in holler. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to spoiler alert. Trent holler was my number two, two, uh, but yeah. he's a transfer coming over from East Carolina. I learned just a little bit ago when I was uh, doing the research for the podcast that he's played a lot of center. And that mm-hmm. was a question that I brought up before, you know, we replaced Levi Brown with the Millette Sagaro combo. And now who's going to be that guy. And it could be Trent holler, which yeah. is a Nice plus for me if it is because you've got a, a guy that's already played D1 ball, been in the strength program, adjusted to college life, been there, kind of done that. He knows the game. Yeah. Oh, by the way, he's a hell of a worker by all accounts as well, and he plays center. So that yeah. is a true instant impact player. Excellent for uh, number three for you. Number three for me, running back transfer, Kalen LeBourne. Um, could be a nice instant impact weapon, one-two punch type deal with Rasheen Ali and the other guys like uh, Papillon and, you know, uh, dudes that are already on the roster. Ethan um, Payne was brought up. Yeah. Uh, and Yeah. Yeah. We have some running backs. The running back room is uh, pretty deep, mm-hmm. but uh, anytime you have the opportunity to bring in a guy that's a former four or five-star player, you know, you got to do that. And, and we've seen guys come to Marshall that have just needed a breath of fresh air and a change of mm-hmm. venue for them to really shine. And uh, they've been able to do that here. You know, one of our all-timers at tight end was in that very same scenario. And you talk about a guy like in Lee Smith that went on and played in the NFL forever, just recently Mm -hmm. retired. That's what he needed. He needed a breath of fresh air. He needed a change of venue. He needed a change of mindset. And he came to Marshall and really thrived. Yeah. And made it to the league from, from Huntington. Maybe that's what we get in Kalen LeBourne as well. And oh, by the way, he's just really freaking talented. You know? Oh, very, very. 
Let me tell you how talented. He's my number two. Uh, so I, I had LeBourne there. Uh, we just flip-flopped Holler and LeBourne. But uh, I have him there, uh, I think, immensely valuable because it gives uh, Ali, you know, where he might not have to carry 25 times a game or something like that. And I think that the skill set is very similar. Uh, he's an all-purpose back, uh, probably be able to uh, – throw to him out of the backfield the same way that we're doing with uh, Ali at times. Um, I, I don't know that we'll see a lot of two back sets with both of them in at the same time, but I mean, heck, if you do that once or twice a game, don't know who's getting the ball. Uh, we've got a very talented backfield immediately. Yeah. I mean, Ali already, you know, has all the accolades and everything. Um, but here's a guy you can throw in, you know, just to spell him or can you imagine Ali wearing them down and then, you know, bringing LeBorn in fresh, you know, uh, or vice versa, you know, very, depending, very well could be depending yeah. on the game situation and the time of the game, you know, you're yeah. like late, late game. Um, listen, man, if we're going to do a two back set, get, can I go on record right now and say, give uh, Ethan Payne a freaking neck roll and a full cage yeah. face mask and yeah. give me the, the second coming of Mike Allstock. Can I get that yeah. just, just for sure. a series, please. I want to see a bruiser go through there and, and, uh, put some linebacker on his butt so that the <laughs> Ollie has a cleaner path to the end. Yeah. Zone. <laughs> like he needs one anyway. It seems <laughs> yeah, like that dude's, that dude's either untouched or, you know, he <laughs> breaks eight tackles and then he's untouched. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know you've seen his wallet that I continually post. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I've seen it. I, I, yeah, I have the same wallet. But. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, number one, I think we're all kind of in agreement here, you and I both. I'd, I'd like to see how much you cheated on this. I, it's probably not as much as I cheated, but uh, who's your number one? I did not cheat on this. I just put Henry Columbi. Uh, you know, uh, I didn't double up or anything for the position. Uh, to me, quarterbacks the number one need. Uh, quarterbacks the number one question. And I think that his biggest impact is going to be what we have talked about for two weeks now. He has had the experience. He can yep. come in. He shouldn't have the, you know, the, the same butterflies that the younger guys are going to have, the learning curve, that sort of thing. Uh, to me, it's instant impact to be able to bring somebody in. Even if he ends up not being the guy, he's either the bridge to the guy because he's got one year or – he brings in a uh, just enough of a presence to push someone that was maybe going to be the breakout to that guy is now the breakout because Columbia came in and pushed that guy. Yeah. So that's why he's the impact for me. I mean, I had to cheat a little bit because it's really, I guess I should have just been, should have said whoever rises out to be QB one, because if okay. it's Columbia, it's Columbia. If it's, you know, and, we, and we, we have to exclude Cam Fancher because he's not in this class and he's not through the portal. He's already here. Right. So, you know, it's Columbia or Harrison or Zamora because they, they fit the criteria of this top five list. So if it's whoever yeah. rises out to be QB1, but, but that's what it is. And you're right, man. All these guys are going to be pushing one another because it's a truly what most herd fans, I think, perceive to be an open competition, especially right now that Columbia's not uh, practicing with the team. You know, mm -hmm. he's, he's in the, he's in the, he's, he's around, you know, when they're practicing, but he can't get in there and put a helmet on and take a snap and, you know, he can't do that. Yeah. So he's still enrolled at another university. So, um, yeah, that 
the the quarterback has to be the the instant impact. I mean, that's the largest, most glaring, blatant area of need. And if it's not an instant impact, uh, we better hope that uh, Holler and LeBorn and Robinson <laughs> and Sam and you know the 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 defensive linemen that you mentioned better have massive breakout seasons to overcome you know a quarterback that doesn't break out. So so real quick here. Uh, besides you mentioning, you know, the the two freshmen that were coming in, you also can throw Pennington into there. He's not yeah. on the roster yet, but um, we were very heavy on the portal for instant impact. Uh, thoughts on that being kind of expected in today's college football? Oh, it's not expected. It's the way it is. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the way it is. As soon as the set a year uh, – thing went away that's the way it is that that changed recruiting so guys you know there there have to be I don't know how Huff and them set us you know allocate their scholarships there's like look we're we're setting aside eight scholarships for portal guys I don't Mm -hmm. who knows I don't know they do that you know and we're gonna say well we also need to build you know through the high school ranks as well because you know we need we, we, we can't build a whole team out of transfers. There's just not enough yeah. guys to go around, or there's probably not going to be enough guys to commit here to do that. But that's the way it is. It, it, it's If you don't embrace it, then you're just going to hate football forever because that is not going away. It's probably so, only going to get worse. And I don't know if worse is the right term, but it's probably only be, going to become more important. So here to that point, you know, with my number five uh, impact, two guys, you're looking at, Hey, we need some big bodies, some run blocker. I mean, uh, you know, run stoppers, um, you know, uh, some pass rushers, whatever, you know, violent and disruptive. Yeah. Are you going to find a six foot three, 320 pound D one ready kid that would be available out of high school that Marshall would be able to be in on? Most of those are going to your bigger schools. It would have and to I be think, one of those special scenarios. Yeah. Like he goes to Huntington High and he wants to right. stay in Huntington. You know, yeah. it, 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 you're just it's not, so rare. Yeah, you're not going to be in on those guys. And also, you know, you can look at it like this. I talked about when you did your first, your number one of the five things. We talked about um, offers have an expiration date. Yeah. Well, so do scholarships because a lot of people might think, oh, he's got a scholarship. That's a four-year ride. No, those are renewed annually. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a year to year thing. So you have to make some tough decisions and you go, you know what, we're, we're really, really, you know, I'm just going to pick a position out of thin air. I'm not saying Marshall is this year, but let's say you're the head coach somewhere and you're like, you know what, we're really, we're really not up to where we want to be depth wise um, at um, linebacker. You say, well, you know, we've got a lot on the roster, but we've got to change the way that room looks. So you go get some guys in the portal and you're over the scholarship limit, well, you're going to have to make that tough decision of the, you know, the bottom two or three guys in the linebacker room. They may not get their scholarships renewed. They, they, they may ask to find a different path, you know? Yeah. So it's not always, it's not always fun, you know, to, to be a coach in this recruiting game because, you know, you got to make some tough decisions. Kids might be yeah. great kids, but if they're not helping your team win, that's what it's all about. If you're a head coach and you're not winning, you won't be a head coach very long. And these How tough is that. it when you were the coach that recruited that player and you right. brought him here and then you have to come in and say, hey, I'm sorry, but, you yeah. know, it's not working out. Yeah. So, 
the the transfer portal is here to stay. It is not going anywhere. And you know that's that we're talking about in football. Football is much harder to build a winning team. But if you think about something like men's basketball, where you can go out and get two guys and completely change the complexion of your team, you know what I mean? I mean, there's only five guys on the on the court at any one time. So if you're going to change 40% of your starting five and the other two or three guys you already got are really damn good, you can totally change around a basketball team, like, immediately. But, yeah, uh, the portal – I. At first, I was like, "Man, I don't know about all this," but I've I've grown to like it. You know, I've I've grown to appreciate it for what it is, um, and I've embraced it for what it is. So, well, when know. things are here to stay, like you've mentioned, you know, it's not going away. You either, I mean, what do you do? I mean, you don't just say, "Well, I don't like the portal," so. I'm only going to watch football that doesn't have the portal. It's everywhere. <laughs> You're you know? not watching I mean, football then. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, you've you got no choice. You either embrace it and say this is – especially coaches. You know, you just have to say, hey, this is the new thing that we have to do. You know? Well, I would think coaches above everybody else are like, I like this because now mm-hmm. I can go get a guy and he doesn't have to sit for a year. Like yeah. he can immediately impact my team this year. So yeah. long as he's, you know, there are some times when guys are ruled ineligible or whatever, but I mean, like by and large, you know, since you don't have to set a year, you can play immediately. So um, as long as the other criteria is met academics and stuff like that, you should be good to go. Um, I would think that coaches are like, I love this, you know, but it's a double-edged sword because you lose guys too. I mean, like yeah, you lose Grant Wells, it's a double-edged sword, you know? Um, so guys that you were counting on potentially to be an impactful player for you thinking maybe the grass is greener somewhere else, or maybe they have a better opportunity somewhere else. So one of the things that everyone always said was the G five would be in football. I'm speaking here would be just the, uh, minor leagues. Yeah. Like a farm team, like a farm system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it may be, I mean, but but eventually we're bringing in, look at these guys, we're bringing in some guys that we're talking about. I mean, (laughs) They might be playing on Sundays, but there's you know a, I mean? yeah, there because there's a strong lure that, I, dude, I want to play. Right. I'm tired of being freaking buried. Yeah. I'm tired of not getting my opportunity. Or you know, maybe you think that uh, you're maybe you are putting up the production to merit more playing time, and you're just not getting. And you're like, dude, screw this. I got two years left. I want to play, and I want to play now. Or you see different offensive schemes come in, and then maybe they were you know recruited for that old offensive yeah. scheme, you know, and they they see the writing on the wall. If they're a, a heavy uh, run blocker or yeah, run blocker, and not in a you know they're installing a run and shoot offense or something like that, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You I never, mean you you want to fit your skill set, but yeah. I think as a young guy, maybe you're like, you know, I, I'm willing to put in the work and see how it plays out. And then if you're like, it's not playing out the way I want it, I want to play. Well, then you start looking for a place you could, you think you can play immediately. Sure. I mean, it's out there. So look, human nature. Uh, spring ball will continue next week with a series. Um, we don't know exactly what the cool top five will be, but we'll come up with something. Um, but let's transition, Russ. Let's take it around the herd. All right. Uh, first, I want to lead off with a little bit of baseball news. And okay. when I say this, um, I don't have anything that I can really point to. There's no announcement or anything like that. But uh, listeners will be glad to know that eminently Huntington, the city of Huntington is stepping up and they should be making a substantial investment in the baseball stadium to make sure that that project goes forth and it will be where we talked about last week behind the dot uh behind the softball stadium 
but uh, within two months at the longest, you're going to really be hearing some good things. All right. Yeah. So like you said, you, we, you know, we're not able to like start divulging things in depth, but um, any little bit of news in a positive way should have most heard baseball fans going, okay, at least something's happening. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times, especially on this front, <laughs> the baseball yeah. stadium front, no news is kind of bad news. But now yeah. if you're hitting any news, you're thinking, okay, at least discussions are happening. At least, you know, steps are being taken. Like, yes. So, it, you know, for us can say within a couple of months time, you should see some things really start to, uh, the machine start to move a little bit more Then that's what you want to hear. So I think you're um, going to have an announcement before two months is up. Uh, yeah, that's just my prediction. Uh, again, I don't have anything I can point to and say, look here, talk to this person, that sort of thing. Uh, but Huntington is stepping up to the table in a big way from the way I understand it. Good. And as if we're able to uh, share more information, we will. Uh, mm -hmm. But for right now, you know, just just know that things are actually happening. Um, yeah. Give me something else around the herd. Well, we just uh, talked about um, a lot on on our Twitter, the worst kept secret ever, the Sunbelt soccer announcement that was going to be made. I think Judy is the only person that did not know, as I alluded to <laughs> on Twitter, probably hit her out of nowhere. But she knew she tried to sue us in court, I think, to keep soccer. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Sunbelt soccer is being reinstated like we talked about and uh you know not to toot my own horn but uh on october 29th of last year i posted about it named the nine teams that would be um you know we had some sunbelt teams that because soccer didn't play in 2020 it wasn't sponsored by sunbelt they had to go to the mac and mm -hmm. and things like that so you know we've got uh those teams coming back marshall uh looks to be a centerpiece of that uh, yep. conference and it immediately to me on paper looks like the number two conference already behind the ACC yeah that's me. right right behind the ACC yeah um big deal this is a big deal and it's not just reinstating soccer it's reinstating soccer for 2022 it's like they're yeah. playing immediately now or not now yeah. but they're playing this athletic this year. fall it's, yeah it's big deal big deal um anytime you know we knew Marshall was not going to leave its so national championship soccer program, you know, out on a limb just yeah. to make a football decision. Sure. So a lot of us figured, okay, you know, the, the Sunbelt's bringing soccer back. They've got some good programs down there anyway, you know. Oh, yeah. And to, to be able to bring in uh, the lion's share of the Conference USA programs and then the associate members that were – set to join were either already a part of the conference USA or set to join like UK, South Carolina and WVU. I yeah. mean, Marshall is like kicking conference USA while they're down. I mean, they gutted, eviscerated the so men's let's, soccer let's talk good, program. Good programs. You got uh, ODU, Old Dominion. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're a good program. Marshall is a good program. Uh, UK by default, you know, Conference USA, it doesn't look like they're going to have enough teams to fill the conference, you know, with the, the exodus. So they had nowhere to go. They came with us. So did South Carolina. WVU was not in Conference USA. They were in the MAC, but they right. had already made the commitment to go to Conference USA now that there's not 
a league there or a conference, the best we can tell, they're following us. And that gives us a, an annual game with WVU, uh, a good close travel. Um, uh, that gets a lot of, of people at the stadium, by the way. Um, and then James Madison, great soccer program. They've got a lot of good programs, but they've got a great soccer program. Yeah. And uh, the teams that were already there that had to play elsewhere last year, they were good as well. This looks like a top-to-bottom, very good nine-team league. We're hearing that UCF, uh, when they go to the Big 12 next year, that they might be in. So that puts it at 10. There's a couple other um, teams that could be out there, but very, very good league. So just to piggyback off of the soccer moves, right? Yep. The Sun Belt looks like it's smelling a little bit of blood right now and trying to make itself into the top tier G5 conference in I think they are. multiple sports. Oh, yeah. Right. And I'm not, I mean, soccer, they just went from non existent to number one in the G5 period, number yeah. two out of all conferences. Yeah. Football, I think we, you know, this is not through green glasses only. I think yeah. a lot of people around the nation are looking back and going, man, you know, depending on how well the Mountain West is, how deep they are, or, what the American looks like in a couple of years, the Sun Belt, and specifically the Sun Belt East, looks like the best division in G5 football. But the yeah. Sun Belt as a whole could be the best G5 football conference. And now they need to start to think about, like, okay, how do we bolster our basketball? Because if I'm not mistaken, I talked to you about this earlier, the, the conference champion, I, can't, I think it was Arkansas State. I just can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, they went to the NCAA tournament, and they were a 16 seed. So yeah. you better believe that they don't want to see that ever happen again yeah. for a conference champion out of the Sun Belt. So they're going to have talk- to do something to elevate that perception of the, of the men's basketball. We talked about baseball. How, and baseball. You know, and uh, one of the tweets that, uh, that I put out uh, was a retweet of how many people, how many teams were in the top 70 this year. And then you bring in Southern Miss that at the time of that tweet, they would have been 26. You know, there was uh, seven then I think in the top 70 uh, that will be Sunbelt next year. Yeah. So amazing. Just yeah. wait until we get a damn stadium. Just wait. Yeah. Just, just wait. wait. Just wait. Uh, yeah. How, so how I, long has it been since you've been able to refer to Marshall, any Marshall sports team as a, as a sleeping potential sleeping giant you know what i mean and the baseball yeah. i feel like is that like they yeah. they're doing okay you know they're do they they i mean too many christmas they've never had a home field since i've walked this planet earth and it's think. not just the field like we were talking about the training but facilities. it's the training yeah. facilities it's the extra travel it's the yeah i mean it's it's all it sucks so yeah. they have the potential to be a real sleeping giant if they can just get this stadium built so yeah. Uh, yeah, big time stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back to football. Uh, coming up, we've got the green and white game in a few weeks. News came out about that, the details and all that kind of stuff. Um, of course, you got the fountain ceremony that'll be happening earlier in the day. They're gonna turn the fountain back on. <clears throat> Excuse me. That'll all go down at 11 a.m. Uh, Bob Bronger, a young thundering herd member, will be the keynote speaker for the fountain ceremony. Um, tickets for the game will be five bucks. Parking on the west lot will be twenty bucks. They're going to open the lots at 10 a.m. And uh, I read the article, and this was in bold, tailgating in bold will be allowed. So there you go. Yeah. You can tailgate starting at 10 a.m. on the west lot. That uh, was the, the game, first thing that I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> the game itself will be played inside the Chris Klein Athletic Center, but in a unique, cool twist, 
they're going to open Jonesy Edwards Stadium and broadcast the game on the video boards. So if you don't want to, you'll have access to, if you buy a ticket to the game, you can go inside or you can go in the stadium and just watch it on the video board, mm-hmm. which is, uh, which is super cool. I've never done that as far as I can remember. I mean, it's always been at the stadium, but you know, now they can do it in there and just show it at the stadium. You yeah. can tailgate, walk in, watch the game, go back out, whatever, whatever. Um, also that weekend, Oh, I'm sorry. I should say this. The game is at three o'clock and gates open both at the Klein Center and um, in Jones Edward Stadium at 1.30. So you can yeah. tailgate from 10 a.m. to 1.30 if you want to be the first butt in the seat. Um, but uh, or you can tailgate from 10 all the way up till 2.59 if you feel like. It. <laughs> and uh, just a couple of piggyback things on there in the east lot uh, opposite of where you're going to be uh, parking and tailgating. They will have. Um, as I understand it, inflatables over there for the kids, if you want to take the family. And then uh, they will have food trucks parked over there as well. So if you don't want to bring and make your own food, just walk over there. You'll have food, boom, made to order right there. Uh, One thing I'm going to say about that as well is tickets are, like I said, five bucks. Um, You can buy them online at herdzone.com. If you're going to buy them the day of the game, you better bring cash because it's going to be a cash only ticket line the day of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you don't know by now, the green and white game is a fundraiser for the quarterback club. So yeah. all the proceeds from that go to the quarterback club and Russ, this, that, this would also be an excellent time for you to bring an extra five and start that donation, that big green membership and mm-hmm. uh, go ahead and set that up to be a monthly withdrawal and set it and forget it. Um, kind of like the Ron Popeil showtime rotisserie grill from back in the day, set it and forget it. But, uh, yeah, bring an extra Fenske and go ahead and sign up for the Big Green. Remember, we want to try to push those numbers up well over 5,000. I mean, 3,000 yeah. is – that's nothing, man. We got we to gotta, we gotta make a commitment. I mean, geez, uh, let's do this. We're, so We're talking about buddy. facilities. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I didn't yeah. mean to cut you. No, I was going to say find our buddy, uh, you know, Ryan Crisp. I'm sure he's probably going to be around that day, or you can you know, contact somebody. We'll be there to make sure they can get five bucks and get you signed up, I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah. Um, make that part of your green and white game day plan tailgate, game, big green, right? And do it all for, you know, maybe 50 or 60 bucks, honestly. Yeah. Um, what were you going to uh, say? What I wanted to say is we're, we've been talking about facilities and the need for the baseball stadium and the possibilities that are endless with uh, Joan C. Edwards and everything and the need for these facilities. Being a donor for the Big Green frees up that money a little bit more to do that. We're talking yeah. about uh, 350 plus, I think is what they say, scholarship athletes and you know, as you were talking about last week, or no, I'm sorry, in our introductory uh, show, some of these uh, Olympic sports might not have everybody on scholarship, you know, but if we have more big green donations, maybe they can be at that point. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's just an important thing. You know, yeah. we're going to, like I said, set it and forget it, make your five bucks, get your monthly withdrawal, set it up however you want it. It doesn't freaking matter. If yeah. you could, you set the number that you're comfortable doing, it's all about, hit and go on it and getting the donation starting and being a big green booster, get that discount card and recoup your money back over the course of the year. You'll do it. Also along with uh, green and white game weekend is the day before the game on Friday, they're going to have the celebrity bowl-a-thon and man, you got to bear with me here for a second because I had it huge names though. I know I had it brought up and I, and for some reason it's, it like left my phone, all the people that are going to be there. And I wanted to be able to, 
freaking read that, read the, the list of names. Dang it. Um, but anyway, that'll be going down Friday. I couldn't get a time either. I'm, I'm going to guess somewhere like around six ish. We'll know. tweet don't, it out. Don't we'll tweet this that. information. Yeah. But, uh, the, the list of people that are, um, the celebrity bowlers, so to speak. Oh, here it is. I got it. Uh, let me, let me read you some of these, some guys, some folks that you're going to love names. You're going to love to hear, right. In addition to head coach, Charles Huff and, uh, Marshall senior analyst and special assistant to the head coach, uh, <laughs> Mike Bartram, uh, also, uh, Doug Chapman, the Marshall senior analyst, director of player development and running back all timer. Who the heck doesn't know Jeff, uh, to, doesn't know, uh, Doug, listen to some of these names. Okay. BJ Cohen, Dan mm-hmm. Derricott, Aaron mm-hmm. Ferguson, Orlando Hatchett, Chris Jaspers, Curtis Jones, Will King, Doug Ligurski, Shannon Morrison, Steve Shulo, Cody Slate, the aforementioned Lee Smith, Ralph Street, Dave Walsh, and Max Yates. A who's who of herd players from eh, the Mac era and a little bit of the Conference USA era. I yeah. mean, what a cool event is that? It is. What a cool yeah. event is that? Um, Russ, what else we got uh, around the herd? Well, so let's finish it up talking about basketball. Uh, you've got the list there. Uh, tell us the uh, awards. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, basketball, men's basketball banquet was this weekend or was a couple of days ago. I don't know exactly what day it was. But uh, the big news that came out of that, of course, is what we talked about the week before. Tamar Slay officially joined as a uh, men's basketball assistant coach. Also, mm-hmm. the big news that came out of that is uh, Tavion Kinsey is returning to play for the herd next year. Uh, but they gave out the, uh, the, the yearly awards. And um, we've got the rundown for those for you. The Bob Allen Most Improved Player goes to Marco Saranac, Charlie Slack Toughman Award, Obina and Achille Killen, and Mike D'Antoni's Mr. Marshall Award goes to the Sheriff, Andy Taylor, and the Most Improved or uh, the Halger Most Outstanding Player to the aforementioned Tavion Kinsey. Yeah. So a little shine on men's basketball in the off season. Russ, what yeah, do you got so, for me? After you give me your thoughts here, let's, I want you to give me the baseball and the bas- uh, softball recap. All right. Um, first, a little bit of thoughts on Kenzie coming back because that, that's a big story. Uh, I think that plays in a lot to um, what we let off the show. Williams, you know, all of a sudden – do we need to bring weight on him to come in? You know, if we've only now got one guaranteed spot, that was kind of what pushed that to where we say, Hey, we got to pull the offer and we got to get somebody now, you know, if you're on the fence, we got to get somebody because we had a possibility of two open spots, Kenzie coming back. uh, One of our best players of all time, in my opinion, a lot of potential for the NBA. All of a sudden he's coming back. We've only got one spot. Sorry, Mr. Williams, we got to move on so we can grab somebody. So, I mean, it is what it is. No hard feelings. You just got to do what you got to do to win. I mean, I don't think anybody's sitting here feeling good about where the basketball program just came, the season they just came out of. So, you got to do something. You got to do something. Kenzie made a quote that said that he felt like he let himself down. He let down uh, the coach. He let down the team. And he let down, you know, the fans. And he said that he wanted to come back and he had something to prove. And to me, he's got all the talent in the world. You know, can he improve on his game? Absolutely. Uh, will he? I think he will. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited that he's coming back. And if we get an, a point guard in the portal, 
you know, I, I think that we will have a drastically improved team going into the Sun Belt Conference. I like the idea of a highly motivated, hungry Tavion Kinsey. You yes. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the development of that guy anyway, you know, he comes in and everybody looks at him and goes, man, that guy's a leaper. Yeah. He's a, man, he can jump out of the gym. And mm-hmm. then the game just starts to develop and evolve and get better and better and better. And he's just become a really, really uh, formidable player. Yeah. And you're right. One of the, one of the better, um, if we, one of the better players ever to, to, to wear a herd uniform, but if you, you know, you start talking about an all timer, um, yeah, I think he's on the cusp of that. I really do. Yeah. If you come back, especially he's getting a fifth year now. That's so what I'm that's saying. You get a little, yeah. you get a little chip on your shoulder, and you come yeah. back with something to prove to yourself. You don't feel like you got to do it for other people. You're like, nah, man, this is all for me. I'm doing this. Let's let's freaking yeah. roll. Yeah. So uh, when it's all said and done after next year, if he stays healthy and is able to uh, play the way he wants to play and the way he's capable of playing, you may put him up there with the the, the John Elmores and the C.J. Burkses of the world. And uh, yeah. You know, he's. I think he's kind of right there anyway. We'll just see. And of course, some team success would go. You know, even if he has a um, less than super super stellar year, but the team has a great year, I think you're yeah. still going to put him up there in in that mm-hmm. uh, echelon of player. All yeah. right, let's move into the hardball and the softball, shall we? All right. So uh, first baseball today disappointment. They dropped a doubleheader uh, to Middle Tennessee. Um, that puts them at 14 and 18. Uh, you know, obviously you win both of those games, you're 500 baseball, 16, 16. So uh, not the, uh, not the outcome that you wanted, but uh, you know, it's a little update on where we're at with them. Uh, softball on the other hand uh, took two or three out of FAU at FAU. Yeah. And before that loss uh, they had won, seven in a row, I think it was, uh, four straight comeback wins. They were, uh, they're now 12 out of their last 17 and they are sniffing top 10 offensive production in the nation, uh, for runs scored. So, I mean, they're just killing it. And we talked about them a lot last week about how much fun they have. Uh, yeah, it's just great all around to see, but they are killing it right now. Yeah, they really are, and uh, I want to give a special shout-out to the – you know, I can't name them all, but there have been mm-hmm. several members of the softball team that uh, have followed the podcast over the over this the past few days. I can't even say the last week because we haven't even been live, but for a couple of days as we record this podcast. So mm-hmm. several of them have started following the show, and I hope they start listening too because they're going to find that they've got a couple of fans sitting here talking about them you know, in a very positive light, trying to drive traffic to the dot to get out to see them. Um, absolutely go go support this team in person i mean freaking top 10 in the country in uh getting there you know on the getting cusp close, real close. of uh, offensive production that's what you want to see you want to like you know they, <laughs> they i remember when we were you know i was playing ball back way back when you know they i can't even probably was it in a movie maybe i don't know there was a line in some movie that said that you know the chicks dig the long ball whatever that is, no, is that no, in, like, no man what is that you're missing it it was a commercial for mlb Okay. Uh, Major League Baseball, and famously, the two Braves pitchers, Glavin and uh, and uh, Maddox, uh, ended up you know hitting the long ball during that. It's chicks dig the long ball. Yeah. That was, uh, so, but but these gals are sending them like into orbit. I mean, that, crushing you, it. 
You know, it's not like they're manufacturing runs. By, you know, you got to steal all these bases and bunt runners over. And then there's, you yeah. know, they're no, nah, man, they're sending them out of the park. I mean, this is exciting softball. Uh, get over to the dot and catch a game. Yeah, um, we got some uh, all-time uh, milestones that are being passed over there by by individual players on this team, and we'll have those stats for you on Twitter. But uh, check them out and go watch them. Yeah, this is their they're coming off of their third straight Conference USA series win. Russ said they went two and one against uh, FAU down in Boca. Overall record pushed all the way up to twenty four and ten. Yeah, um, midweek games coming up against Northern Kentucky. And then a three-game series at the dot against FIU Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So Thursday at 1, Friday at 1, and Saturday at noon. That's three more opportunities to get across town and uh, watch this team play. And um, win, lose, or draw, they're going to be entertaining for you to watch. And I bet you if you go to one, you'll go, you know what, we need to come back to another one. Yeah. This, this was a lot of fun. That's how um, it works. Baseball team – they got that first game against Middle Tennessee. They played the doubleheader, and they let the second game get away from them. They went up mm-hmm. early. Two, they had two home runs in the bottom of the first and couldn't post another run. I think they ended up losing five to two. Yeah. Bummer. I was. Uh, I thought when they won the first one, they really had a legit shot at least winning the series, and to drop both of them today was a was a heartbreaker. Um, yeah, Tuesday, it's a big they, swing. I'm yeah, sorry, but it really it's a is. big swing to be four games under 500. And if you would have won both games today, you're at 500. It's huge. Yeah. So over the last week, they went one and four. That's kind of a bummer. They got a Tuesday game um, against Ohio. Actually, they got a four game stretch coming up this whole week up route two at the Kennedy Center. Tuesday, it's against Ohio U at 3 p.m. first pitch, and then a weekend series against Louisiana Tech. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, all games up at the Kennedy Center. Friday. 3 p.m. first pitch, Saturday, 1 p.m. first pitch, and then Sunday, 10.30 in the morning, first pitch. So four opportunities. Dude, we're talking seven opportunities between Thursday and Sunday to go watch the softball team and this baseball team. I mean, if you ain't got nothing to do, or even if you do got something to do, do what you got to do and then go catch some of the game. Go catch one of them. Make this what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, if you got, well, well, we got to go to the grocery store, whatever. go do it a little bit earlier and then go to the game. You know, order a click list and pick it up on the way home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last thing we're going to talk about around the herd is the men's soccer team, Russ. They uh, had to bounce back in a big dominating fashion. Um, beat the brakes off of Louisville. Beat the freaking brakes off of them. That's right. Four to one. Uh, Milo Yosef dominated that game. Couple of goals. Yeah, big time mm-hmm. game. Um, this might be the year. I'm going to steal my buddy, um, Casey Knopf. He said he tweeted this. I'm going to steal it. This may be the year of Milo. This could be his year um, to where, you know, uh, I can't remember what this is. What's his Twitter handle? It's Nipsey something. What is it? Nipsey 04. Oh, that's what I thought. And uh, I wanted to tweet this, but I didn't think anybody would get it. Uh, He said that this is the year of of Yosef or uh, Milo. And what I wanted to do was quote tweet that and say, everybody on the pitch get Nipsey. And I didn't think (laughs) I didn't think anybody would get that. So I thought I better better just hit delete on that one. If you young and still don't know what I'm talking about, then uh, go search. Who is it? Who sings that? T.I. Is it no? It's not Ti. It's it's a it was a one hit wonder, wasn't it? That was uh, oh, you're right. Yeah, uh, I totally got that wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, it's escaping. I can't think of it. Jay Quan, Jay Quan. Yeah, sorry, Jay, Jay sorry, Ti. <laughs> Ti, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sure he is. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Marshall's now in the uh, championship game in Columbus. They'll be pe- they'll be playing uh, Bowling Green. 
mm-hmm. at 5 p.m. on Saturday. So that's your trip around the herd. That's uh, televised too. And oh, ESPN. cool. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't Pretty see sure. that part. I didn't see I that. I think part. it is. Okay. We'll tweet that out. Um, anything left before we do some parting words? You got anything tinkering around on your paper down there? No, sir. All right. What do you got for final uh, parting words this week before we close out this episode? So I know some of the stuff that you're going to talk about here and I don't want to step on your toes. So I'll be brief. I just want to say, I love all the uh, fan interaction that, that we've had over the last couple of days. It's been a lot of excitement. Uh, appreciate each and every one of you do us a favor, follow along, uh, but not just on Twitter, you know, listen here, share with your friends. So like, and subscribe us on here. And then, you know, we're routinely going to be throwing some fun things out you know, interact with us and, and tell us your thoughts on it. And yeah. that's all I got to say It's just, you know, that, that interaction is, is great on Twitter. So just more of it, you know, if we ask some questions, throw some things out, get back to us. Yeah. Uh, the official launch, you know, this is Sunday as we're recording. So we officially launched, what was that Friday or Thursday? Nah, evening? I don't, th- I don't thir- Thursday at four 30. Okay, so that's when we, you know, I put the video out and told everybody about, you know, what we were doing. And then, you know, people started uh, to follow the podcast account. And, um, you know, I'm super appreciative of that because it shows that there is a, a, a want and a desire for people to have this sort of content, which uh, is a big plus for me. But, uh, you know, we've we have had some interaction with some folks, and uh, I love it. You know, I love it. I love Twitter, man. I love it. It's it's man. I, I, sometimes I feel like it was made just for me. I love it. Um, so so continue to interact with us. You're going to see a lot more uh, news type stuff, and uh, we'll definitely be continuing to support those uh, all those martial athletic teams. Um, if you're an athlete and you've got something that you want on the, you, you know, you want to make sure we include something from a game or something. I mean, you don't have to put it out there for everybody to see. You can feel free to DM us and uh, we'll make sure to hit those points uh, that deserve to be covered because look, man, we're only human. We can't, we don't see everything. We're trying to see as much as we can, but things are going to slip through the cracks from us. But um, the support that we've gotten these past few days, I mean, uh, you know, to some people, when you say a couple of hundred followers, they might not think that's a big deal, but I think it's a big deal because uh, I I really, I really appreciate every single one of you that have hit that follow button. And I'm trying my damnedest to work through all of you and send you a thank you response tweet. It's, um, I'm trying not to flood everyone's timelines by doing 50 and 60 in a row. So I'll do, you know, a dozen, 15 or so. And then a few hours later, I'll do a dozen, 15 more or whatever. But uh, we are um, really appreciative. We are hitting this thing full bore. Um, so be interactive. You know, when when uh, Russ posts something like, hey, who's going to be tailgating at the green and white game? Uh, throw your hand up tailgating. and say, I am, you know, because yeah. he will be. And, I'm going to um, be there. He will probably – well, I'm, I'm sure I could say this now. You're invited to come say hi to him. You're invited to Absolutely. stop by and uh, have some food, have something to eat and something to drink and talk the herd for a little bit and, you know, just have a good old time. So uh, feel free to, you know, stop by. You've always got to tailgate home as long as Russ is around. But um, Kenny, before you take us home, I also have to say, please support our friends over at 304carwreck.com by checking them out, not just at the web address, 304carwreck.com 
but look them up on Facebook. It's just that name, 304carwreck.com. Please go to their page, like it, and follow along. Absolutely. Love the guys over at 304carwreck.com for believing in us from the get-go, because without them, you know, this this show would be um, still pretty awesome, but not quite as <laughs> awesome. So yeah. uh, thank the guys at 304carwreck.com. Like them on Facebook as well. Uh, Russ, until next week, go herd. Uh, we'll see you around the Joan. Share that content and follow us on Twitter. Later. Later.